You are listening to. You are listening to. You are listening to. Rural Voices, the Rural Youth Europe podcast. Hello and welcome back to Rural Voices, the Rural Youth Europe podcast. Now, in the next couple of episodes, we're going to be doing something a little bit different and we'll be shining a light on some brilliant projects and individuals within our member organisations who are working on some exceptional projects. Today, I'm talking to John Keane, the president of Macrida Firm, our member organisation from Ireland. He co-founded the Make the Move programme, which is all about promoting positive mental health through mental health toolkits and training sessions. It started off as an idea from the members within a single club and keeps on going from strength to strength and they've got some big ambitions for the future. The environment that was created in those rooms was just, it was epic really in a sort of a strange way to be honest. You know, the programme is, is it's rural people talking to rural people and I think that's as the programme, as hopefully as the initiative and as the charity moves forward, we can keep that at the core because it's it's very important. To be honest, I think the advice that I'd have for people um, is just go and do it. If there's something that's, you know, an issue in your community, um, big, small or indifferent, just go and do it. So today we are joined by John Keane, the president of Macra. John, thank you so much for giving up your time to talk on the podcast. Not all done. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. We're here to talk about Make the Move, which is a programme that you've co-founded about mental health. Now, before we get on to what that is and what is involved, what were the motivations behind setting this up? Why is this important? Um... I think, Dan, it's a, it's a number of years ago since they, I suppose, started off as a programme and an initiative, really. Um, at the time in our community and in our area where I come from in, in, in the Midlands in Ireland, unfortunately, among our age cohort of men in particular, really, to be honest, from the ages of 17 to 35, there was a very high rate of um, suicide and depression and anxiety among our age cohort of, of farmers and people living in rural communities, really. Um, and Jonathan Dwyer, who, as you rightly say, I'm, I'm one of your co-founder on this. Jonathan is probably one of the main people that's driving this. He looked around and he sort of was trying to find how we could help our own club uh, within our Makra branch. So Makra nationally is, as you rightly said, I'm the current president. But uh, at the core of what we do is our clubs who are based all around the country. Um, and my club, which is called Devil's Bit, um, Jonathan and myself are both members from that club. And... He wanted to do something, whether it be a, you know, a talk around mental health to raise awareness or a um, piece of research or something really small is where it started out from. And when we brought it to a club meeting at the time, um, the members in our club just really embraced the idea of taking on something around mental health. Um, it was something that was quiet in the background of everyone's mind, I think. But when somebody was brave enough like Jonathan to come forward and say, let's you know, can we do something? Everybody really took it on. So from there, it was really about trying to do a piece of awareness and a workshop is where it started from. Um, and when we got into it, we realized that this was much, much bigger um, and people wanted to do much, much more with this. Um, 
And what we eventually ended up doing in, in our own region in, in Tipperary is the county that I'm a member in, in, in Makra. Um, and it's divided in two because it's a, a very large county. It's north and south. So North Tip is, is the region which I'm from. And the same with Jonathan. And we launched a, a consultation with um, farmers and rural people. Anybody could come and discuss their issues and discuss what they thought might help with them. Um, we've done this over four, five nights in the spring of 2019. Um, and we got about four, over 400 people attended and discussed at round tables about, um, we had two really, really simple questions. What are the main issues that are affecting your mental health and well-being? And if you had a endless amounts of money and a, a golden bullet, what would you do to solve them? What, what solutions could you come up with? Um, and we got almost 40 issues ranging from isolation, loneliness, uh, financial pressures to um, issues around succession at farm level. And we got loads and loads of different solutions. But I think the top five in terms of issues that people spoke about were isolation, loneliness, the financial pressures um, of living in rural communities. Among our age cohort, the younger demographic of people, it was the pressures of social media. Um, a comment that really stuck out in our minds always was that nobody ever has a bad day on Instagram. Um, so I think it's, 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 those were some of the main issues as well as, you know, succession and relationship management was a big thing. And the solutions ranged from, I suppose, the top solutions really were around education, awareness, um, specific training development for people in rural communities, assisting with financial programs, and to create ambassadors and to create leaders in communities that would um, be champions of mental health and speaking about mental health. Um, and that's, I suppose, the essence of where the programme started, Jeannie, it's three years ago now. Yeah, wow. And I mean, were you surprised Were you surprised by the reaction? Because, you know, some people might be listening to this surprised to hear that you did these consultations and had such a big response. Like, were you surprised that these farmers were willing to talk about mental health? We were, I suppose, privileged with the response that we got. We were taken back by people's willingness to share. And I know with myself and Jonathan, with huge support from the members in our club and in our region in North Tipperary, um, created an environment, I'm not sure whether it was by chance or whether it was by design, I actually don't know, um, that people felt comfortable to speak in. Um, because what we did is we, we had uh, really brave volunteers who had their own experience with mental health. So we had men, uh, an older man and a younger man who spoke at the start of each of our consultations about their own battles with depression, anxiety, um, thoughts around suicide. And I mean, if you have somebody standing up for 15 minutes and, you know, laying their heart out there and telling them that they were you know, on, on the brink of, of suicidal thoughts or that we're really suffering from depression, um, it becomes really easy for other people when they're in that environment to go, well, you know, if Dan or if John can stand up there and, and say that this is the position they found themselves in at a, a certain stage in life, well, you know, it's really not that difficult for me to say that I have tough days too. So, um. I think that was one of the biggest things that came. The environment that was created in those rooms was just, it was like, it's nothing I've ever felt since, or it's nothing that I've been part of since that environment that was in those rooms. It was just, mm. it was epic really in a 
sort of a strange way to be honest yeah incredible and i mean you've got this long list of people's ideas thoughts and solutions how do you move forward with them then you know you say you have these top five issues and solutions what's the next step i think it was difficult dana probably one of the learnings that we have from it is that we we needed to probably tell those people that you know we we can't solve everything the first day um because we probably did over promise on what we might be able to achieve and it is a learning for us that um and it's a i suppose a part of a regret for us too that we we didn't make a better fist of that at the start to let people know what we what's achievable here for for a couple of volunteers to try and do um what we focused on was the main top five we, we focused on the top five issues and the top five solutions and how we identified those those was um they came up at during our consultation we had about 10 people around tables so depending on the numbers that attended each night we had 10 people per table um and every single table identified the top five issues it was a common theme across all tables and that wasn't by design it was just that's what people came up with um and similarly with solutions we took the top solutions that people identified and the most frequent solutions that came up um so from there the top issue was around isolation and loneliness and the top solution to address that was to provide farmers and rural people living in those communities in North Tipperary with mental health toolkits to, um, you know, provide information direct to them about mental health and how they can access services and how they can try and reach out and look for support and look for help. So what we did was we developed 5,000 mental health toolkits um, in the spring and in the summer and autumn of 2020. 2019, 2020, um, and we disseminated those to across to the seven and a half thousand farmers in Tipperary in the spring and in the winter and spring of 2020 and 2021. Um, and in those toolkits were, you know, supports about financial advice that was um, kindly looked after and sponsored by one of the banks here in Ireland. Um, there was pieces about mental health and about make the move itself. There was uh, information around where to look after and seek services in our local community as well as a few freebies thrown in because we all like a few freebies as well so and it is important to say that you know we 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 are aware that there's still a stigma out there so we, we didn't want to make those in your face um so through our local cooperatives that you know su- supply feed and fertilizer to farmers and to rural people we had them in um small white five litre buckets so white buckets with lids on them that you know people had to really ask or they were I won't say they were hidden but they weren't very obvious what they were so people could pick them up and they didn't feel stigmatised um, and the second biggest issue that was identified was education and training um, so what we did was we developed a programme where we called it our farm champion programme so we identified we were lucky enough to receive a piece of funding to do this and also to do our toolkits um, we identified 20 people who were part of the programme and who were also um, older people as well, because our funding, uh, it meant that we had to have a certain demographic of people within the within the training programme. Uh, we developed a, a mental health training programme for farm ambassadors uh, in conjunction with the health services here in Ireland. Um, and we delivered that farm champion training to our 20 farm champions. Um, and the ambition was that they would then go and deliver that training, which an awareness with it was a really, you know, we, did, we trained the farm champions. And then the plan was that they would go and deliver an awareness workshop 
on the back of this training, about a 20 minute workshop to farmers in farmer settings. So at our cooperatives, at feed merchant stores, at events where farmers and rural people gather. Unfortunately, the pandemic um, arrived just as we were finished developing that training. We had the ambition to to meet and to deliver the awareness workshop to 2000 farmers in, in Tipperary. Um, we eventually delivered it to 1200 and just the pandemic hampered our progress um, and that piece of training is ongoing and we do hope to our funding period is over but we do hope to, to still deliver that to 2000 farmers um, and more recently we have been lucky enough to receive a piece of funding to to provide mental health training to um, students who are attending ag colleges in Ireland so it's, it's a first in Ireland for a specific mental health program to be delivered to ag college students um, and that's going to be delivered on a pilot basis starting at the end of September and start of October. So oh, amazing. Hugely exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I mean, talking about this mental health training for people listening, you know, if they were to turn up to one of these training evenings, what does that entail? So the first thing I think that's crucial in it, and we were very conscious to, to try and do was to look after our farm ambassadors. Um, because these are volunteers or you know, people that we've asked and we, we try to look after them as best we could. Um, so what the training for those looked like was it was the first session was about self-care. Um, it was really about looking after yourself and how to make sure that you're you're number one. And it sounds selfish, but um, if you're not looking after yourself, it's very hard to look after those around you or it's very hard to be a support for other people as well if you're not putting yourself first and foremost. Um, so the first part of the training was was self-care and self-awareness. And the second part of the training, to give people a bit of confidence and some context was around public speaking and, and delivery of, of a, a talk in public and how to deliver something. So that was the, the second piece of the training. And then the third piece is around exactly what the farmer or the person who attends this awareness workshop receives. So what we tried to do was we tried to five key deliverables and key messages that people could take away from from the awareness workshop um, and first and foremost it was again around yourself it was that if you're receiving if you're in this workshop if you're in this training that you realize that the relationship with yourself um, is the longest whether that be friendship or non-friendship that you're going to have in your life um, you're the person that will have the longest relationship with yourself and you're also the biggest influence on your own your own outlook on life so it's about trying to nurture that, to take care of that, to not be too hard on ourselves. We all have good days. We all have bad days. I'm sure we all have thoughts that if we um, spoke them outwardly, we we probably would find ourselves behind bars because they don't make for pleasant listening sometimes. We all, we all have those thoughts. And that's the reality. Um, but that was the first thing. The relationship with yourself is first and foremost. Um, the second piece was just around stigma. The stigma that's associated with mental health and how we all reinforce it, myself included. Um, our language that we use around mental health is one of the biggest barriers for people to open up and to speak about it. And it's it's very simple uses of language of how we reinforce it. You know, we had during our consultation, we had people um, who, you know, would have said that, uh, you know, it's mental health or oh, you just need to get on with things and uh, you just need to put that behind you now and move on. And that might sound very simple, but in somebody's head, that's reinforcing that, you know, there's something wrong here with me and nobody else feels the same as I do. And 
I can't reach out because people won't understand. Um, and the use of language around it is really important about it's neutral language. It doesn't have to be positive or negative. It just needs to be neutral and people will open up. So that, that stigma piece is, is a huge piece for us. Um, the third aspect of it is, is just around looking after yourself in terms of physical well-being and um, how all of those things play a big impact on your mental well-being. So whether that be sleeping well, eating well, getting some small bits of exercise, um, positive reinforcement from relationships. So in a farming context, we use the example of um, if you're a, a dairy farmer or a beef farmer, um, which cow is your favorite cow? Is it the cow that, you know, kicks the milking machine off or charges you in the field? Or is it the cow that comes over and looks for head scratches? Um, you know, it's positive, positive relationships. And it's the same with people. If you surround yourself or try and reach out to people who are positive, um, it makes things, you know, really, it helps you. It helps you along. So it's, it's simple things about looking after yourself. Um, the fourth, the fourth principle that we were trying to get across to people is opening the conversation with others. So talking to others. Um, and those are simple things around body language, you know, having an open body language, um, not using defensive terms or closed terms in terms of your language. So as I say, again, trying to be neutral and paying attention to people, actively listening. Um, if you actively listen to people that are under pressure or might be feeling stressed, um, you would be surprised that you know, after a few minutes of speaking with them, they'll often have the solution identified themselves. They just need to get around to talking about it and for you to reinforce it with them. Um, and we use the example there of your phone. I mean, if you're talking to somebody or I'm sure we've all been across dinner tables from our significant others or out with friends or whatever it might be. And if they're stuck looking into their phone, it's not very engaging. And it's the same if you're trying to speak with someone who's might be under pressure or feeling a bit stressed. It's the same type of thing. And the last point that we always come back to, it's back to yourself again. It's reaffirm that relationship with yourself um, and make sure you try and look after it because that's the most important thing. Yeah, yeah, amazing. And I mean, all the things that you have just been talking about are all so important. But I think what is so powerful about what you're doing is that, you know, all these things that you're talking about, you may see someone talk about on TV, or you might see a quote on social media or something, but the power of having a group of people sat in a room and hearing people talk about these kind of topics from like-minded people, you know, so having a room full of young farmers talking about it, the fact that you've got people within the farming community delivering these sessions... I think that's so important. It is. It's and that's a. I suppose it it, it breaks down the barriers too. You know, it, it makes people relatable as well. And we were lucky that we had our our twenty farm champions. And I know we approached them and asked them to do it, but they were, by and large, all very willing to do it and get engaged. And they realised that they were putting themselves out there for, um, you know, heavy conversations and deep conversations with people, but. Thankfully, it was it was something that was was very welcomed and people engaged with it. And this was myself included and Jonathan as well. We hold our hands up and say that we're we're not mental health experts. We're we're just two. Myself and Jonathan are just two average farmers, you know, who identified that there was a need and we tried to go and do something about it. And similarly, our our farm champions are ordinary farmers, rural people living in, in, in rural communities who put their hands forward to, 
to help out. And I suppose all the knowledge and the expertise comes from the support people that we have behind us in the, the health services here in Ireland and the mental health service as well that provide us with the, the expertise and the knowledge. And uh, we call our, we myself and Jonathan referred us to ourselves as the, the two stupid farmers. So, um, you know, but it's, we are just two, you know, the program is, is it's rural people talking to rural people. And I think that's, as the program, as hopefully, as the initiative and as the charity moves forward, we can keep that at the core because it's mm. it's very important. And that's what I think is also really interesting because people listening to this that may be higher up in their organisations may want to do something similar and implement something like this. But it's interesting to see how this has grown because it's very much a bottom-up rather than a top-down situation. So what is your advice to people and other organizations if they wanted to replicate something like this because you know you've created quite a unique safe space to allow this to grow um i think probably the first thing on it dan is just i know i'm the the, the president in the at the moment but when we started this program myself and jonathan were two ordinary members um i was the, the club chair of our club in devil's Bay, and jonathan was a i think he was the chair of our our young farmer group within our club so you know, we weren't anyone important or still don't think of ourselves as very important. But you, you know what I mean? We, we weren't from the top of an organization down. It was, it was as you say, it was grassroots up. Um, to be honest, I think the advice that I'd have for people um, is just go and do it. If there's something that's, you know, an issue in your community, um, big, small or indifferent, just go and do it. Um, don't be waiting for others to see that there's an issue there or to see that there's a problem or to come with to, to for solutions. You know, as, as young people, we need to push the boundaries. We need to be out there. We need to advocate for ourselves. Um, there isn't anybody else going to do that for us. So just go and do it. If, if there's you think there's a need in your community, try and gather up people who are like-minded like you, who have a passion for things and we'll get work done and you know grab the issue by the, the horns and go and do it um and i think when you you know the fear of failure or the fear of you know falling flat on your face or not making progress or whatever it often it often i suppose it it curtails us as developing or it paralyzes us from making progress the fear of not succeeding and I think from, from our side of things, we have far greater ambitions for the programme and make the move. We want this to become a, a national programme. We want this to become a national support service. And, you know, in five years' time or a decade's time, um, we don't want people to be asking about John Keane or Jonathan Dwyer. We want them to be talking about a rural support service in Ireland. And that's what, that's what we want them to talk about. That's what success looks like for us. So we've a road to travel for that too. Um, but it's built on the back of huge support from community, from members in our club, from members in our region. Um, and we don't often we don't often do enough to, I suppose, to reward and to recognise the hard work that people have put in at the grassroots level to, to promote a programme like this and develop it. And that's that's very important as well. And there were challenges like, you know, we've, we've met obstacles along the way. We've we've had to overcome them in different different ways. And the reality of it is that we're we're still two volunteers at the end of the day trying to make this program to go forward and make it a success. So 
Um, it's it's difficult to try and fit it in with work and different bits and pieces too. So it, it's we haven't, you know, in reality, we when we look back two years ago and we had the a plan put in place of where we'd like to be in two or three years' time, we're probably six or nine months behind where we thought we might be. Um, but that's okay too. We're we're still on the right track. And you know, life life gets in the way too, and there's other things that we, we need to do as well. So we still have the ambition to grow the program and, and that's where we, we hope to get to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I do think this is incredibly inspiring and you've clearly found something that was desperately needed. You know, in some countries, those rural support networks are luckily already there, but clearly in Ireland, that wasn't the case and you're doing something about it. Yeah, um, we're, look- we're lucky. We're, we're lucky that we're not reinventing the wheel too then. You know, we're we're looking to Northern Ireland, we're looking to England, we're looking to Canada and New Zealand. These support services exist. We didn't know when we started out that this is what we wanted to do. We, we had no idea. It just manifested this way. So, um, yeah, we're, we're not reinventing the wheel. It's not revolutionary, but we just want it for, for people in rural communities in Ireland. Yeah, too right. Well, thank you very much, John, for coming on the podcast. I think when it comes to sharing best practice, this is as good as it gets. And I hope a lot of people listening are inspired by this to do something in their regions and their organisations. When we did our Rural Youth Europe rally in England in 2019, the theme was mental health. And I remember being involved in a session where each of the different teams spoke about the different mental health charities and support networks that they had in their countries. In some countries, it was great. And in others, there was absolutely nothing. There was such a difference. And I do think that with the strength of our organisations and the members within them, that we definitely have the opportunity to make a difference and to either support what's already there or create our own networks of support. So I do think people will find this incredibly inspiring. Um, so where can people go if they want to find out more about the project? So we're we're on all social media platforms on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. You'll find us at Make The Move. It's M-A-K-E-T-H-E-M-O-O-V-E. Um, and you'll also find us at makethemove at gmail.com as well. So, and you look, my own email address through Makra is president at makra.ie, so you, you can get us on any of those. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, John, for giving up your time to join me on the podcast. Thank you very much, Dan. You are listening to... You are listening to... You are listening to... Rural Voices. The Rural Youth Europe Podcast. Mm-hmm.